The following episode of BG Mania is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. Apologies about the delay this week. We got wrapped up with E3 2019 coverage, which you could check out on our website and YouTube channel, and we didn't have a chance to edit the episode until earlier today. video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the... Man, I have no idea. I don't know how to I don't know how to intro you on a deep dive episode. I wish I was introing Jesper Kidd instead. It's Frank. Wow. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm a close second, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know really what to say, so that's what we're going with. For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes like our anniversaries and last week's 100th episode. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. Real quick, if you didn't listen to last week's 100th episode, go back and do that. It was such a fun time. We had 23 tracks, some surprises, some picks from you guys, the listeners, some excellent picks from Jessica, great picks from myself and Frank. The 100th episode was a big celebration event. And uh, if you missed that episode last week, what are you doing? Go listen to this one. Go back and check out that 100th episode first and then come back and listen to this one. 
Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever, listen, or wherever you're listening to us. Stumble through that and leave the five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Thanks are also not in order for OP Seat. Why did I saw that on there? Man, you know what? I know, I'm so used to ignoring that, but you know what? We're going to tell them. Thanks, OP Seat, for sponsoring us a couple months ago, and uh, we're still sitting in these nice chairs, so maybe I'll move that, remove that from the script eventually, but... You know, I like to just roll with the uh, the mistakes that I make nowadays instead of just editing them out. It makes my life easier. The less post-production I can do on these episodes, the better that my life actually is. But Frank, we are going to have a lot of fun today because it's time for a deep dive. Last week should have been the deep dive, as I said last week, but uh, we had that big old, you know, hundredth episode type thing to deal with. So we're doing the deep dive this week. And we're actually exploring someone that you are very familiar with and quite a big fan of. Jesper Kidd. Yes. Yeah, you you played a lot of games that he's composed the music for, and oh, yeah, Assassin's are, Creed Borderlands. Yeah, I was gonna say Assassin's Creed, probably the the franchise that I'm most familiar with and the biggest fan of that he's worked with. But I know you are a huge Borderlands fan, and we actually have quite Absolutely. a bit of Borderlands music coming up later in the show. We have quite a bit of Assassin's Creed music in the show as well. But I think this is gonna be a great episode, and it's it's a worthy deep dive because Jesper Kid. 47 years old, born February 3rd, 1972. His actual name is Jesper Kid Jacobson. His middle name is Kid. He is a Danish composer born over in, I don't know how you would say this in Danish, Holsholm or something like that. Oh, we have to cancel the episode. Why? There's only two things I I don't like in this world. It's people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and And the the Danish. Danish. (laughs) Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But born over there in Holsham, Denmark in uh, 1972 makes him 47 years old. He has been doing video games since 1990. He's been around for God. What is that? 29 years? No. 39 years? 29 years? years. Can you imagine if he started composing? uh, If he was around for 39 years, he would have started composing at the age of eight. So, which... You know, it's technically possible. There are kids out there. I mean, Mozart, Mozart did it. So. Yeah, Mozart's one. Exactly. A great, great example. But uh, yeah, 29 years, 1990. His first game was USS John Young. But that's not what that track is from. We skipped over that one. We skipped over Pro Move Soccer, his first two games. We went to 1993's Subterranea for the opening track that you heard there, which released on the Sega Genesis. It was a Genesis exclusive. Uh, it was a multi-directional shooter. And it has a very synth wavy type of soundtrack to it, does it not? That's a, that's a killer track. Like for and, and we always say this every time we're talking about Genesis games. I love how just raw and it's very prog. Like the Genesis just was able to do that with its sound chip, and and Jesper Kid took full advantage of that with Subterranea's soundtrack, and and made this synth wavy retro wavy style of music even before that was like a famous thing to do now granted we were just getting coming out of the 80s where it was all over the place nowadays it's coming back so it's kind of cool to go back and actually look at again and see how this came from but have you played this game i haven't i haven't no yeah it's uh said it was met with generally positive reviews. GamePro even deemed it one of the best games of the year in 1993, citing the unique concept and outstanding graphics and animation. As I said, it was a uh, a multi-directional shooter where an unknown alien race has attacked an underground mining colony. A lone pilot has been charged with the task of defeating the aliens while rescuing the trapped miners. So it's basically, you know, your standard fare in terms of story, something generic, but 
it looks cool, and the graphics are, are really well done for a Genesis game. But again, it's about the music and Jesper Kid. And what a fantastic composition, as I said, that was. That's a, that's a great way to start the episode, because I really like that song. Yeah, yeah. Super good track, super good song. Uh, and, and really, man, I, I was torn with what I wanted to play from Subterranea. And I wanted to make sure we got some of his older games on the show as well. You know, when we submitted our initial picks, we were heavy on the the more recent stuff. We were yeah. heavy on Assassin's Creed, heavy on Borderlands, uh, even a little bit heavy on Hitman. So I wanted to make sure that we had some of the older entries and just kind of because what I really like about these deep dives, something that that I love that we do is we always put them in the order of release in terms of the episodes. Yeah. So we get to kind of go on this journey with the composer themselves, see where they started and how their actual comp that their composing skills progress throughout the years. And we always go up to current times unless they're not composing anymore. And it's a lot of fun to do. So I wanted to keep doing that and uh, just seeing what he did early on with Subterranea, he was doing great things pretty much right out of the gate. And he's continued doing great things still to this day and with the upcoming Borderlands 3 later this year. So great, great track, great freaking track. But uh, I think we should kick to our second track on the episode this week. And this actually is Subterranea was my first pick. Our second track is also one of my picks. And it happens to also come from a Sega Genesis game. Frank, I'm sure you played the Super Nintendo version of this game, but I did play the Genesis version. We're talking the adventures of Batman and Robin. I play both. Oh, you play both. Okay, cool. So we'll be able to talk about it when we come back. All right. The name of the track is Gotham by Night. was Gotham by Night from the Adventures of Batman and Robin, which released on the Sega Genesis August 2nd, 1995. Uh, it came out actually on the Super Nintendo the year prior in 1994. Frank, you said you had experience with both games. Uh, yes. 
Jesper Kidd only composed the soundtrack for the Genesis version. The Konami Kukia Club actually composed the soundtrack for the Super Nintendo version. And then Burke Treishman composed the soundtrack for the Sega CD version. So each version of this game has a different composer. So the, the music's going to be different for all three of the versions. <laughs> uh, Jesper Kid though, did a fantastic job. I almost chose a different track, but I, I landed on this one at the end of the day. Uh, again, kind of very, you know, heavy on the bass, heavy on like the prog sounds, but still keeping yeah, a little it bit. it sounds nothing like other game. Yeah, it sounds nothing like Subterranea. You know, you have no of the retro wave, and this is just two years later. None of the retro wave, synth wavey type stuff that we had in Subterranea. Very just... Like I said, uh, industrial, I guess, is would be which which I guess kind of fits with Batman and Gotham and Nighttime. Gotham being an industrial. Yeah, type of a type of a feel. So it definitely fits. This game was a lot of fun, though. Not my favorite Batman game back on retro consoles, but no. this was a great game. Uh, the one on the the, uh, the one where you was it Batman Returns where you that has the Christmas level. On the Super Nintendo or the NES, one of, that one that one was my favorite. I don't know. I don't remember the name. I've, loved the, I've, I've played them all. I, I I'm actually partial to the, uh, the the original NES version. Is that just Batman? No, that was uh, Batman. 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 Was it just called Batman? Just Batman. That was the uh, Sunsoft version, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Sunsoft game. Uh, I think that's the one I'm thinking of actually. That has the Christmas level in it, but I could be mistaken. Uh, I just remember there was a side-scrolling level where you kept walking past Christmas trees, displays, and like the stores and stuff. Then that, that I don't know, it was just super cool to me back then to see them taking holidays and doing that. But yeah, Adventures of Batman and Robin was a really fun game. Is this just for kids' first? Uh, I dare say major game. Um, yes, absolutely. Okay. So before this, we had Heavy Machinery, not the WWE tag team. <laughs> Red Zone, <laughs> Subterranea, Pro Moves, and Pro Move Soccer, and USS John Young. So okay. this was his like first big everybody probably found out about him because of this game, because this is a big game back in 95. This was a big game back in 95. Trust me, everybody had this game. They had one version of the other. I had the Super Nintendo version. My buddy Justin had the Sega version, so I had access to both. Yeah, I had the I had the Genesis version. Um, I looked into it a little bit because, you know, we've heard some synthwave with the first track. We heard some industrial here with this track. So I wanted to kind of know, like, OK, well, what were Jesper Kidd's influences? So his influences include composers such as Ottoroni Respighi, who is an Italian violinist. I'm probably saying that wrong. And I know you might know more than me. Ottorini Respighi, a Italian violinist. Igor. You have to say, with more, you have to say those names with more babidi, babidi and booty. Ottorini Respighi. There you go. Done. <laughs> Igor Stravinsky, a Russian-born composer, pianist, and conductor. Jean-Michel Jarre, who was a French composer. Vangelis is a Greek musician. Mike Oldfield. Vangelis, I know Vangelis. Vangelis is a Chariots of Fire. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. He uh, is best known for his Academy Award-winning score to Chariots of Fire. You're absolutely right. Uh, Mike Oldfield, who we've talked about on the show before, yeah. especially when we talked about uh, Metal Gear. John Williams, of course, and uh, Jerry Goldsmith. But he's also inspired by bands such as The Knife, Royce Kopp, which is uh, probably a Danish band. No, it's a, they're a Norwegian electronic music duo. Okay. Uh, and Pink Floyd, actually, which is a great influence. You might. And now I'm going to start listening to every track for some Pink Floyd influence. Thanks a lot, Brian. That's going to be my head now. Are you a big fan of Pink Floyd? That, that I might, Pink Floyd. Okay, I am too. And that's actually something I'm not sure that I was familiar with about you. Uh, Pink Floyd is one of my favorite bands of all time. Pink Floyd are amazing, dude. 
They are. <laughs> like, great freaking band. So, yeah, let's try to pick up on the on the influences of Pink Floyd as we listen to this, because, you know, just the way that Pink Floyd thought. And, you know, of course, it was the drugs back in the 60s and 70s. But the way that they made music, it's so it was so influential and it's so still good in 2019. Like Dark Side of the Moon is still one of the greatest albums ever made. Yeah. The, even that experimental album that no one got to hear about them using uh, household objects to make music was, wasn't horrible. was still good. It was still good for what they were able to do with it. So absolutely. But yeah, Batman and Robin, fun game and uh, a fun soundtrack. If you're if you're if you want out there and you haven't listened to that soundtrack in a while, go check that out. Go go take a trip down memory lane as I did the, the other day and uh, you'll find some good music in there. But our next track and our next game, Frank, we get to do something fun. So our next pick is also my third pick. I, I, I do have the first three picks in the episode today. And we're going to a Sega Saturn game known as Scorcher. Ooh. But the issue with this game is that the soundtrack, none of the tracks have names. So, Frank, you get to name this track. Do you want to name the track before we listen to it or after we listen to it? I'm going to do after, otherwise I'm going to seem like a fool. Okay. This, from Scorcher, Sega Saturn, is track two. Was KK Glowstick Rave <laughs> from Scorcher, which released on the Sega Saturn back in 
1997 here in North America, March 1st, 1997. Wow. So that was after the N64 had already came out and the PlayStation was on the market for a year and a half at that point. Uh, it was originally announced under the name Vertigo, and I actually remember that. I remember the name from a game pro called Vertigo, but it eventually, I that as well. yeah, absolutely. I remember. I think it was even on the front cover, maybe even. Wow, ninety-seven. Back when I was eleven years old, that's crazy. But uh, eventually, would release as the name Scorcher. It was a futuristic racing game, and uh, it was very much like Wipeout and F Zero because it was set in twenty twenty one, which is so freaking crazy to think about, dude. That this futuristic racer is set two years from now because it's 2019. Oh, don't worry. They're, they're, they're hard at work at all these kinds of vehicles. And it's a it's a dystopian year 2021. Dystopian year 2021. <laughs> so, yeah, it's super crazy. But how much does that track sound like Animal Crossing, dude? You definitely heard that, that whole... Uh, it's, it, it, it could be that or the automaton... Uh, instrument the whole uh, 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 kicking slider kind of singing stuff it's awesome absolutely and really that's the reason why i picked track two from this game because i thought we would get a kick out of just how much that sounds like animal crossing and it really does it really really does and it's it's it just it has my hype level i mean yeah we're recording this episode on saturday june 8th by the time you're listening to this episode on the 12th Nintendo's press conference is already over. It was yesterday, June 11th from E3. We probably know everything there is to know about Animal Crossing, and I'm so happy right now. But as of time of recording, I'm still sad because we don't know about it yet. But we will soon. We know nothing. We know nothing, but we will soon. What a fun piece of music, man. Just it's fun to get something silly like that every now and then. But it, but silly as it is, it's still a great piece of music. So awesome. It's still so awesome. awesome. It. it started out with a little bit of the synth wave and stuff that we heard with Subterranea. And then it got into, as you said, like KK. What did you say? KK Glow Stick something. I, KK so, I don't, Glow Stick Rave. <laughs> KK Glow Stick Rave. Yeah, it very much gets into the EDM club style music. It made me want to take some Molly. What's Molly? Molly, Molly is uh, another name for ecstasy, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to do that by myself. You will, or maybe I will. And and and, and, and <laughs> I, think, I think we shouldn't even talk about drugs. Probably not. But <laughs> if we are going to talk about one, ecstasy is probably the one to talk about. It's like not cocaine or heroin, at least. Ecstasy is the fun party drug. But uh, be careful when taking drugs, kids. If you do decide to take them, <laughs> you like that PSA right there. If you take drugs, yeah. be careful. Who am I to talk? So, if you take drugs, you go to hell before you die. Who am I to talk? <laughs> All right, man. You finally have a pick on the episode now. All right. Um, this comes from the Freedom Fighters game, which came out in the year um, after 95. We actually we're actually taking we're actually taking a big jump right now. We're actually taking a big jump. We're, we're going all the way to uh, 2003. In the year 2003. Uh, this is the battle for freedom.
and that was the Battle for Freedom from Freedom Fighters. That was October 1st, 2003. Um, typical Frank pick, as listeners may know, I love me some chanting. What a great piece of music, too. I love how that started. Like, it, it was a good track through and through all the way to the end, but the beginning is my favorite part. Um, and this is like the era of Jesper Kid that I really like. I, I am a big fan of cinematic, big scored kind of things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. And like I said, I am a sucker. If you get chanting in a song, it's almost guaranteed to be a Frank pick. Jamie, like, did you play Freedom Fighters? I did. And I played, this was a GameCube game, right? GameCube, yes. PS2, Xbox. I played the GameCube version. I do remember renting this game. It was a good game. Yeah, I, I didn't own this. I did not own this game. I did rent no, this. This. This, is a, this is a rented game for sure. Yeah, this was definitely a rented game. And I remember uh, me and a couple buddies from high school, because, again, this is 2003. So I October 1st, 2003, I was a senior in high school. But we were playing the um, the capture the flag mode. I forget the name of the mode in the actual game, but it, there was a capture the flag ga- uh, multiplayer aspect to this game. And we used to play that quite often when I went when we would rent this game. It was fun. Like that aspect was fun. This actually was, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this because I know you've picked a track from this in the past. We have. But it was received pretty well. Uh, the GameCube version specifically sitting at an 83 on Metacritic, and that's pretty good. Like, that's definitely yeah. above average. And this was back when uh, EA still released, you know, good games. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be good later this year as well. We just saw that at EA Play today. Looks good. Looks good, man. It, do- it does look good. But yeah, man, this was a great piece of music. And as you said, this is really a we're, we're entering that cinematic theatrical era of Jesper Kid that really started a couple years before this came out, probably in right around 2000 with MDK2 and then Hitman Codename 47. It would kind of peak around the Assassin's Creed 2007 Borderlands 2009 era with his cinematic feel. And now he just has it down and it's just perfect as we move into like Borderlands 3 in 2019 like he sounds like a movie composer but that's where he again that's what he aims for that's what he strives to do those are his influences yeah he's a freaking BAFTA award-winning composer billboard MTV VMA nominated composer like he is very good at that theatrical style and it shows and he's st- he composes for movies too. He actually he actually composes for movies as well. We were looking into some of the things that he's composed for, uh, like Tumbad and uh, Chronicles of the Ghostly Tribe in 2017. Nothing huge in terms of movies, but still out there doing movies, which is kind of cool. All right, uh, for my next pick, we're gonna jump ahead uh, three years to so 2006. From Hitman Blood Money, this is Nighttime in Islands.
and that was Nighttime in New Orleans from Hitman came out May 30th 2006 um, this is my favorite Hitman game yeah 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 definitely uh, it's, a, it's a good Hitman I really think that right now my favorite Hitman game is the one that's currently available the one you know the season 2 for, for Hitman because it has both season 1 and season 2 combined and I really like what IO Interactive is doing with the Hitman franchise right now but in terms of the older Hitmans that were on like Xbox and PS2 and PS3 and 360 I think Blood Money is probably my favorite as well see it's because you have good taste Brian yeah and it's it's a uh, that was a a very atmospheric track yeah, and uh, you can obviously tell why I picked this one was for the ending. Um, yeah, yeah. When that ending kicked in, I was like, ooh, okay, okay. This part right here is really, 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 really good. But yeah, we're getting that theatrical style. We're getting that atmospheric style. Uh, it's definitely background music. It's definitely, this is a, this is level music. This is the New Orleans yes. stage of Hitman Blood Money. So this is just in the background while, you know, you're planning how to take out your target. You're planning how to do all these things, trying to figure out, you know, you're watching the movements. You're fr- trying to find the disguises and all that kind of stuff. You know, the typical stuff you do in Hitman. Good piece of music. Yes. But I say we stay here. Hitman Blood Money. I oh, got you, you got it. another one. Okay, okay. So we'll talk more about the game one. then. Okay. Well, yeah. let's listen to that one then, and then we'll talk more about the game after that. I didn't know you had two. Cool. I did. So another track from Hitman Blood Money, um, something I pray for every day. This is Apocalypse. <laughs>
and that was the apocalypse from hitman blood money yep if in case uh, you forgot may 30th 2006 in case you forgot oh trust, oh, trust me i did um <laughs> i know you did that's why i said it real quick <laughs> thank you brad that is a much better track than what we heard with nighttime in new orleans yes. though that is a fantastic track and very cinematic um, the only thing that track was missing was uh, a, a one-winged angel named Sephiroth. Uh, Ooh, yeah, you're right. It kind of did have that. Uh, it kind of did have that feel to it a little bit, huh? And yep, that's a lot of Judge uh, Richard tracks. He has his chanty. Uh, I do you know? Kind of do you know the orchestra that was behind that soundtrack? I don't. The Budapest Symphony Orchestra. There you go. Yeah, Budapest. Uh, that's what over there in. It's Hungary. Hungary. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Budapest Symphony Orchestra and the Hungarian. Oh, yeah, there you go. The Hungarian Radio Choir. Uh, they do a lot of video game stuff. I know for sure because we, we've, we've spoken of them before. I think we've even mentioned the Budapest Symphony Orchestra in the past. Like they're up there like with the, they're not up there with, but they are similar to the London Philharmonic Orchestra where they do a lot of video game stuff or at least a handful. Like they're definitely one of the orchestras that are out there doing things, but what I really like about this track, what I really like about Apocalypse, it's very dark. It's very foreboding. It, it's got these, you know, choral, again, you have a little bit of the, the chanting type stuff that is a typical Frank pick, but it's very dark and foreboding. As I said, it's, 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 oh, eerie, I guess a little bit, kind of eerie at the same time. It's great, dude. This is awesome. And it's the first track on the soundtrack. This is track one on the official soundtrack. It's not the main title. The main title is track 16. So this is a this is a great piece of music, man. This is a great pick right here. I like this one a lot. Yeah, in fact, uh, they did the Prince of Persia games. That's, that's, that's the thing last time. I heard oh, from the OK, OK, OK. Uh, Ubisoft published those. So I, I was wondering if there was any correlation with like development stuff. So definitely not. And you know, Prince of Persia, not composed by Jesper Kidd either. So, but yeah, man, what a great piece of music. But uh, I get to kick to our, our next track. I actually no, have the no, next no, just, just, just stay with me. Uh, well, we go back to you in a second. I'm kidding, right? We have first next. But I went, I went to a game that I was kind of surprised you overlooked. And uh, I, I had to include this when I realized that Jesper Kidd did the soundtrack because this is one of Jessica's favorite games to play with her brothers. And we're talking Unreal Tournament 3. The name of the track is Menu Theme.
that was menu theme from Unreal Tournament 3, which released here in North America on PC November 19th, 2007, would hit PS3 December 11th, 2007, and Xbox 360 July 7th, 2008. I actually forgot this was exclusive to a uh, console exclusive to PS3 for about seven months. I forgot about that. Uh, composed by, obviously, Jesper Kidd, as everything is on today's episode. As I said, Jess, uh, Jessica really played the crap out of this game back in the day with her brothers. and Nobody she, played this game. Nobody even had this game. Uh, a lot of people had this game, man. This is a pop- Brian, This is one of the most popular games of all time. I was going to say, man, this led to, you know, this obviously, the deathmatch modes, the capture the flag modes, this really led to and helped solidify back in the 360 era and the PS3 era that whole style of gameplay with with Halo and Gears and Unreal Tournament now and that, you know, typical arena shooter. It's a typical arena shooter. This is one of like the the, the most important video games of all time. Is it? That's right. I said it is because it, 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 it's, it's like a standard bearer that they all tried to meet and, you know, and, and match up to. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess if we look at it from that aspect and from and those I, lenses, I, I, I didn't say I didn't say it was one of the best. Games. It's no, the it's, it's you're saying most important. And I guess I can agree with you on that is that it definitely helped solidify the arena shooter. And, you know, we're still seeing that now with, you know, Quake and the new Doom coming out later this year and a bunch of other things. So but the menu theme, you know, I looked around and the soundtrack when you're if we go to like the music that plays during matches, it's chaotic, it's hectic, it's frantic. And I guess that's because the matches themselves are, but they don't really make for good. Just kick back and relax and listen to the music style of tracks. But the menu theme fits that aspect perfectly. And this is great, man. This has a ton of views on YouTube as well. A lot of people like the menu theme. And as they should, it's a damn good piece of music. Yeah, great, great freaking piece of music. So oh, we, we breezed through this episode for, uh, quite quickly. Yeah, we're already, I was just gonna about to say, we're already reaching the halfway point. Uh, feels like we just started this, but uh, we, are, we are breezing through this. But we're about to come to a point where we're entering a block of music. And we're entering a block of music for our first of two really important franchises that we're focusing on for Jesper Kidd's career today. And we're going to kick things off with Assassin's Creed. And you have our first pick from the Assassin's Creed block, Frank. I do. Uh, this is from Assassin's Creed 2. And this is Earth.
was Earth from Assassin's Creed 2. Assassin's Creed 2 came out November 17th, 2009. Uh, great game. Love the song. Uh, I love the metal soprano uh, singing there. Yeah, Assassin's Creed 2, still to this day, my favorite Assassin's Creed game. You, 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 you've definitely said that before. That's your favorite one. Yeah, um, but I do think Odyssey from last year is a very close second because of how amazing that was. But Assassin's Creed 2 really... I mean, it took the series in so many different directions and really solidified it as a staple going forward. Like, Assassin's Creed 2 is what made us get Assassin's Creed games every single year for a period of, like, seven or eight years. Like, this is the one that did it. I've said this before, and it's very popular. I'm not the biggest Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, I love their music, but... uh, I. Two is two is the one I like the most if I, out of all the ones I played, but I'm not the, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Assassin's Creed guy. I can go without having one every year, which we are now. Which we are back yeah. to the the non you know sequential years because Assassin's Creed One was 2007, so there was a two year gap. And you know, Assassin's Creed Two came out in 2009, but then we had Brotherhood in 2010, we had Revelations in 2011, we had uh, and I know Jesper Kid didn't make the music for all of them, so I have to, I had to pull up an actual other timeline here. Uh, we had Assassin's Creed 3 in 2012. We had Liberation in 2012. We had Black Flag in 2013. We had Rogue and Unity in 2014. We had Syndicate in 2015. We had the, the smaller games in 2016. We had Origins in 2017. And we had Odyssey in 2018. And they're taking the Asir off finally. We're back to the... Uh, we're back to the non-sequential years. And the next Assassin's Creed game is the one that we're going to get on next-gen platforms, which is the one that's rumored to be the the Scandinavian Viking one called I think the rumored name is Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, which would that's be super name. freaking cool if that's the name they go with, or or the even even the era that they go with. I mean, you just look at how much fun we had with God of War last year, and uh, yeah, that was 2018. We look how much fun we had with God of War in 2018, and uh, would be excited to see maybe Assassin's Creed take on that period as well. But that's a great piece of music, man. Fantastic piece of music. And uh, since we're saying in Assassin's Creed land, what do you got for us next? Yeah, we're actually going to stick with Assassin's Creed for a little bit here because, like I said, it is one of Jesper Kidd's most important franchises that he's composed for besides Borderlands. So we're going to kick now to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and we're going to take a listen to City of Rome.
And that was City of Rome from Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which came out here in North America, November 16th, 2010. Obviously uh, part of the Assassin's Creed franchise there. This one was the one where you started playing and you had all these different brotherhood style assassins you were working with, hence the name Brotherhood. You really started working with other assassins in the game, NPC wise, obviously they're not like other people playing the game, but it was a cool take and it was a, a really fun, actual game. I enjoyed this one a lot. Set in Rome, obviously the name of the track City of Rome. It had a very different feel from it than the one that we heard from Earth, you know, Earth from Assassin's Creed 2. Like, that's what I like about what Jesper Kid did with the Assassin's Creed games. He is is all over the place with his stuff. Not all over the place, but he's fitting to the the setting. Yes, he is very good at fitting the setting of the game. So this one, you know, winning or it was it, 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 it actually did say right here on the Wikipedia. It won multiple awards, including a BAFTA award for best action game. Uh, trying to see if the soundtrack won anything. Um, it does not say. I was hoping it would, but it doesn't say. But yeah, he does a really good job at fitting the not only the time period and the way that the sound, you know, the music sounded back then, the instrumentation that they used, but he also fits the setting of the games. So whether that's Italy or, you know, in in future games, well, he doesn't do See, that's that's what's tough is that he doesn't he didn't make the newer ones, so. Yeah, but he's good at like finding not just like the setting, but the mood. Like if it's if it, if it needs to be a, a high action battle, it's a more upbeat kind of feel. Uh, he knows when to slow it down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just it, it works, man. It works. He's like I said, he just made a name for himself. Really, you think just for kid? Obviously, you go to Assassin's Creed. You go to Borderlands. Like those are his big franchises, and. We knew who he was before Assassin's Creed, but this really made him, to an extent, a household name. Like, this is the game that made him famous, I guess, and got him a lot of other contracts to do different soundtracks and of that nature. Maybe I'm wrong on that aspect, but I feel like I feel like this was the one that really solidified him in our pop and modern culture. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm wrong on that. I would would agree with that, actually. Yeah, I think Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2 and then going forward with what we are seeing here with Brotherhood and my next pick that really made him a household name. And that's actually kind of cool. So, yeah, really well done, Jesper Kid. Fun listening to your stuff on this episode. We're going to now stick with Assassin's Creed. As I said, we have one more track and we're going to Assassin's Creed Revelations. The name of this track is The Wounded Eagle.
And that was the Wounded Eagle from Assassin's Creed Revelations. That came out here in North America. Actually came out worldwide, November 15th, 2011. It was, uh, this was, this is the one that was set in, was still Ezio. So that means it was still Italy, right? Ezio was Italy. Ezio, yeah. Ezio was always Italy. And then you had the Ezio collection. So yeah, there was a man, just so many different games following Ezio's life that Ezio really is Assassin's Creed. But I think this might be my favorite actual piece of the Assassin's Creed music that we listen to, the block of three. There's just something about this one, the way that he uses the, I think that's the violin, the way that he was able to utilize that. It's great, dude. It's so good. No, this, this is a beautiful piece. I am. I don't think I played this one. This, this is Brotherhood, you said? Uh, this is Revelations. This is the Revelations. Re- Revelations. Yeah, it was directly following Brotherhood. And it's been so long since I've played Brotherhood and Revelations. I mean, it, well, I guess it hasn't been that long. It's, you know, eight, nine years between the two. But it's not. They, these aren't games I went back and played. I have gone back and played some of two. Not recently, but more recently than these games have came out. Um, and it's just unfortunate because after this one, then we would get Assassin's Creed 3 in 2012, which continued the story of Desmond and introduced the the new character. You know, this these are when we start getting the new characters, Assassin's Creed 3 being set in North America during the revolutionary period instead of back in the day in like the 1100s or whatever these ones were set in. And the music drastically changed after Assassin's Creed Revelations. So much so that Jasper Kidd stopped doing the music for Assassin's Creed, which is why they changed so much. Interesting to note, though, uh, Warren Balfe also worked on the soundtrack to Assassin's Creed Revelations with Jasper Kidd. Who you might be familiar with uh, from some of the like Mission Impossible, Fallout, iBoy and uh, 13 Hours, the Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Maybe you're not familiar with. I don't know. You didn't seem no, impressed. No, 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 no. Mission Impossible, Fallout. Didn't you make a joke about that not that long ago? No, the Benghazi thing. I didn't know that. Oh, OK, OK, OK. No, I, 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 I didn't either until I read it, but I thought you knew the, the Mission Impossible one from Lauren Balfe. Uh, so our next track comes from uh, a game uh, produced by THQ. Not the crappy THQ Nordic. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, back when they were a respected company. <laughs> but, they, but they did re-release this game. <laughs> but they, yes, they did. Uh, from Darksiders 2, this is the Crystal Spire.
and that was this Crystal Spire from Darksiders 2. Darksiders 2 came out August 14th, 2012. Um, it was composed by, oh, I don't know. Jesper Kid. Kid. <laughs> Crazy how that works out. Crazy how that works out. Darksiders 2 is fantastic. Darksiders 1 and 2 are fan-freaking-tastic games. Darksiders 3, not so much. But the reason that Darksiders 1 and 2 were so great and, and why the soundtracks, I think, are so good as well, not only because of Jesper Kid, but they were very reminiscent of The Legend of Zelda. Very yeah. reminiscent of it. Okay, I can agree with that. And the music even has aspects of that. Like, the Crystal Spire, that's that's not something that we would ever hear in a Zelda game. But there are other tracks on the soundtrack that do sound kind of similar to traditional Zelda music. And that's kind of cool. It's like if Jesper Kid would compose a Legend of Zelda game. You know what I mean? Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, it, it, that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. It's something similar to that. Like if Jesper Kid would compose a a Legend of Zelda game, it might sound similar to Darksiders 2. We're back now to a very like cinematic feel even. You know what I mean? Like this we're this is this is a theatrical piece of music. Yeah, yeah. And uh that's what I love about him. Like I've said before, it's the, it's the uh, chistersty. That's the word. Is that the is that the right is that the right word to use? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. The dictionary is saying theatrics. Theatrics, yes. Theatrics is the right word to use there. I think we'll let the Frank train keep on rolling. Um, the Frank train is going to keep on rolling until the Frank train is out of picks because uh, you you have you, you we're on a block of four right now for you and that actually closes out your picks. Well, then uh, after these next four songs, you, you can just turn the episode off. No, um, <laughs> from the game that I last played on Xbox 360 before they reset me. Wait, was they, this the game that you last played on there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. From Borderlands 2, this is Interlude Combat.
Aya from Borderlands 2, that was Interlude Combat. Uh, Borderlands 2 came out November... No, it didn't. It was September 18th, 2012. September 18th, 2012, yes. Yeah, as I previously said before, this is the game that Xbox accused me of cheating in, I guess, and reset my gamer score, and I never <laughs> went back. You could suck a big one. Uh, Microsoft, if I was really cheating the game, it sure as hell wouldn't have been Borderlands. Right. Um, and that, and I don't possess the computer savvy skills of pull something like that off anyway. But yeah, man, I, I love the music of Borderlands. I love Borderlands in general. I can't wait for Borderlands 3 to come out. Borderlands has what I consider an MMO style of, of a soundtrack to where each zone in each area has music that it changes when you enter it. And Jesper Kid did a great job composing music that sounds like it fits different areas. That's, you know, like a desert area or... You know, I guess Borderlands is pretty much all desert for the most part, but there are different aspects to it and different areas you can go explore and specifically different DLC packs, which will set you up for a transition here in a minute. But that idea that he took in in doing this different thing with these different areas and and really, really another cinematic style of a soundtrack that he did with Borderlands, it does have that feel to it. It's well done, man. It's it's really good. He did a great job with the Borderlands soundtrack, and I'm glad that they're bringing him back for Borderlands 3. I'm glad he's actually doing the music for that. It's going to be a great soundtrack. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's going to be a fantastic soundtrack. And I want to preface something real quick. If we seem at all distracted on today's episode, we are also currently watching the Nintendo World Championships live. Uh, and we, As I said, we always record these episodes on Saturday. It's Saturday, June 8th. It's E3 season, as I keep plugging on the show. We're, yeah. we're not doing reaction videos today because it's just, you know, the Nintendo World Championships and the stupid stuff that EA Play is doing. We'll be doing reaction videos all day tomorrow and all day Monday. But today, we're just having fun. They're actually doing the uh, Super Mario Maker 2 uh, Nintendo World Championships, or what's it called? The Super Mario Maker 2 Invitational 2019. Yes. And, and we've been watching that whilst recording, so uh, we keep kind of looking over and doing different things. <laughs> I can't miss it, dude. I have. I can't go back and watch this after it's already done because I'll know what happened. I have to watch it live, and we have to get it's, the episode like done. So you, can't, you can't DVR a sporting event. Yeah, and so we're just having to multitask right now, so if we seem a little distracted on today's episode, that is why. It is E3 season, and it is a very busy weekend for us and we're already we're not getting tired yet but by the time you hear this we're dead we're we're, yes. we're sleeping probably we have to, we have died uh, <laughs> but that dlc yeah the, so, the, so the dlc uh, for my next track is gonna come from the tiny tina dlc from borderlands 2 this is flame rock refuge
and that was Flame Rock Refuge from uh, Borderlands 2, the Tiny Tina DLC. Um, that was June 25th, 2013. Frank, I think that might be my favorite thing we've listened to on today's episode so far. Uh, I agree. That was the, That is probably his best song ever of all the times. I don't... <sighs> I don't, I'm just I'm just saying that because one of my favorite. I was gonna say I don't I don't know that that's the case, but that is a great track right there. But uh, I do have one more Borderlands track for you to kind of wrap up my block of awesome. Oh, you just want to kick right to it? Okay, that's fine with me. That's yeah, fine yeah, with me. It, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 all thing I'm gonna tell you about Borderlands. We'll, 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 we'll talk about everything, and yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> everything, and in, uh, in, in I guess all encompassing. I guess is what I'm trying to say there. But from Borderlands, the pre sequel, this is the Celestial Spaceport. was the Celestial Spaceport from Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Uh, that is October 14th, 2014. Are you, try- are you trying to sound like Claptrap, Frank? A little bit. I can't do it, though. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so, so hyped for Borderlands 3. You have no idea. Brian, but my gun is going to have legs. Yeah, gun's going to have legs in Borderlands 3. But that track was really good. It was, uh... What's the word I'm trying to think of that track? You, man. Retro, maybe? No, it doesn't. It wasn't really retro wave or synth or wave. It was, it was electronical. It was kind of electronica, I guess, a little bit. But it was good. It, I, I still don't think it was better than the one from the DLC that you played from the from the Borderlands Two. I still think that track was better. But that was a good piece of music, and it just we heard from that Borderlands block. Cause that's the end of the Borderlands block. That was three completely different. totally different pieces of music. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying, how it Borderlands is composed, at least in my opinion, as kind of like an MMO style of thing where everything has a different feel to it. Everything just feels 
totally different. And it's really cool. And Jesper Kid does a great job with that. And I'm sure we're going to see that with Borderlands 3. But Frank, I'm telling you right now. I'm more excited for Borderlands 3 soundtrack than anything else. Because from the trailer we saw from Borderlands 3, there are a plethora of different ecosystems and environments oh, yeah. to explore. So we're going to hear Jesper Kid's take on the Borderlands stuff with like so many. I think I'm pretty sure we saw a snow level or a snow area, a jungly type area. We're going to have a bunch of different sounding we're music for Borderlands have, 3. We're going to have an awesome Jesper Kid song with like Congo drums. I just, I'm calling it now. I guarantee we will. Absolutely. I guarantee it. And that's going to be really cool. Like we're going to we're getting all these different styles from someone that we're so familiar with over the years. We already said this 29 years in the industry and still doing different things and innovating at the same time. Man, I haven't done anything that long except for live. You haven't even grown your hair that long and your hair didn't even live that long. It's gone now. We unfortunately are getting closer to the end of the show, though. And Frank's picks are done. Frank, you, you get to sit back and listen to our last two tracks. And the last two, oh, obviously, the episode, the episode's over. Oh, OK. Well, uh, thanks again for sharing. No, I'm just kidding. But we have two tracks left and uh, we're going to kick now Keep to the music my, <laughs> my penultimate pick from Battle Chasers Night War, a game I've not played, but I explored the soundtrack. And I'm frank, I'm pretty sure you haven't played this either. Uh, this was published by THQ Nordic of all companies. Yay! But I explored the soundtrack a little bit when we were anticipating this episode. And this is one of the ones I kept around. I didn't drop this for a retro pick. I almost did, but I kept it around because I think there's something here and I want you to hear it. So from Battle Chasers Night War, this is Night's Curse.
that was Knight's Curse from Battle Chasers Night War, which released on October 3rd, 2017, worldwide PS4, Xbox One, PC, would hit Nintendo Switch last year on May 15th, 2018. This is the studio. Uh, we actually just talked about this uh, two days ago on the Maximal podcast. This is this was developed by Airship Syndicate, which is the team that is now making the Darksiders Genesis game we talked about on the show. So this is that game that we talked about there in the weekly wrap up segment. It's a turn based RPG. And uh, again, I've never played it, but I explored the soundtrack and prep for this episode. It's really good, man. That's freaking awesome. From top to bottom, this soundtrack is fantastic. And the reason I kept this particular piece of music is because of the chanting that I wanted you to hear. This track is so good. Probably... This might be my favorite track on the episode. It's from a game I haven't played, actually. This might be my favorite one. This is actually getting me hyped for uh, the Darksider Genesis soundtrack. Yes, but unfortunately, it won't be just for Kid. Unless they get him. Well, I think we would already know because we know he's doing Borderlands 3 and it's probably coming out this year. So I think we would already know and it's not listed on his like upcoming. But maybe we don't know. How awesome would that be? Like if he, if they got him to come back and do the music for for because he didn't do the music for Darksiders three, but he did do it for Darksiders two. So if they got him to come back and then do the music for Darksiders Genesis. That would be pretty freaking cool. Do but it, yeah. Jasper. Do it, Jasper. Do it for us. Do, do it for the people. Do it for do us. It for but it would be really cool, and especially if it sounds anything like this, because that track was fantastic. Which is going to bring us now to our final track on the episode that we're going to close out with today in this deep dive that we took into Jesper Kidd's catalog of music, starting all the way back in 1993 with Subterranea and ending in 2018, last year, with State of Decay 2. That's my final pick on the episode, State of Decay 2. And we're going to take a listen to Not Always Right to close out the episode. This is a game that I was streaming heavily when I was streaming a lot on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash games back in March, April, May and June of 2018. Those are the four months that I really spent time trying to expand our footprint into Twitch. And I was on there at least four days a week, sometimes five or six days a week, anywhere from three up to eight or nine hours at a time just streaming random games, but State of Decay 2 is a game that I actually streamed for almost three weeks straight after it came out, and I was using the, uh, you know, Xbox Play Anywhere with Xbox Game Pass to play it. I didn't buy it, but I did actually use the Game Pass version on PC. This game is really good. Like, it had a lot of elements that I enjoyed getting into that world and trying to see if I could keep my survivors alive long enough to find new shelter and find new areas. And it was fun, but it got boring after a while. And unfortunately, this is actually one of the last games that I streamed on Twitch. This is one of the final games in that in that block where I was streaming of of games that I played. But the music and the soundtrack is used in State of Decay 2 to paint this. And again, it's a zombie apocalypse, but you're getting this feeling of despair. Like, you know, there's you're losing hope. Things are just going wrong all around you. And the soundtrack in Just for Kid did a great job painting that picture. You know what? And actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, because I didn't I didn't think about this at all, really, until we started. It's very much how um, the composer behind The Last of Us 
really nailed that soundtrack within a, you know, a, a post-apocalyptic zombie type of a setting. It's, it's done in a similar style and a similar nature. And Jesper Kid did a great job doing that as well. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun digging into his uh, catalog this uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun exploring what he's done. And, you know, now we have a little bit of a break. We'll be back in September with another deep dive. Not going to tell you who we'll, we'll find out later. We'll find out in, in September who we're going to do a deep dive on next to Japanese composer. That's all you need to know. But this is fun. This is a lot of fun. Jesper Kid, very influential in terms of just a lot of franchises that Frank and I absolutely love me with Assassin's Creed and Frank with Borderlands which is why I think this episode was so much fun for the two of us to do. But on this busy E3 weekend, as we're getting ready to start watching the Splatoon 2 World Championship before the Smash uh, World Championship starts, I think that's going to bring us to the close of the episode. Unless you have anything else you wanted to mention before we get on out of here and start recording these reaction videos for E3. Guys, as a time of posting, my birthday is tomorrow. I have one birthday wish. What's that? Please leave us. Please leave us some comments and reviews. Just you know, if, if you if you wouldn't mind that, that or send some awesome uh, requests for tracks. BGMania at leveldowngames.com. Hell yeah! Uh, it's be a good way to feel the birthday love. Just to get you know some five star reviews. Even if you think Brian is a two star performance, give us a five star <laughs> review. Uh, it, it would mean the world to me. You would be doing somebody a huge favor on his forty fifth birthday. So if you could do that, that'd be great. And if it, the way I feel today, it's probably my 85th birthday. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. As Frank just said, don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to BG Mania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially... If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, we'd also be grateful if you could drop it over to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Level Down Games and subscribe to us there. And as I mentioned, if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up Twitch.tv forward slash Level Down Games and click that follow button. We're not live often. The follows do still really count, though, and help us out. But if you want to follow someone that is often live on Twitch and, you know, a lot of fun to watch, Twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce Kyle, our fellow co-worker here friend at level down games brie compatriot why did i say it like that b-r-u-c-e underscore d-e-d-e-u-c-e twitch.tv forward slash bruce underscore deduce check him out tuesdays thursdays and either saturdays or sundays streaming dead by daylight streaming overwatch streaming rocket league and some single player games from time to time as well stocking us on social media is perfectly acceptable twitter instagram and facebook will be a place to do so check the description box for the appropriate links next week next week we have a special episode because on thursday june 13th yesterday actually if you're listening to this the day it posts Cadence of Hyrule released on the Nintendo Switch. It was a not a shadow drop from E3, but it was released two days after it was, you know, the release date was revealed. Frank and I are actually going to explore the music of Cadence of Hyrule, which was done by Danny Baranowski. It's all remixes of classic Legend of Zelda music. So we're going to take that. We're going to find 16 tracks on the soundtrack and we're going to listen to some excellent, excellent, excellent Zelda music next week on the show. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Not Always Right from State of Decay 2, of course composed by Jesper Kidd, as everything was on today's episode. Keep the music playing, and keep it loud. <laughs>